Hey guys. Hey guys. And welcome to episode 41 of a Strange Thing podcast. I'm Mike. And I'm not. I'm You're Austin. making all kinds of squeaky noises <laughs> and weirdness. You're acting weird. It's hard because I'm trying to I'm trying to bring the energy. Oh, bring the energy. Well, we should probably tell our listeners that can't watch us. We are actually recording across the miles. Across the miles. The miles yeah, because you're like, what, 150 miles away, 160 miles away? Yep. And we are recording remotely because if we don't, we're never going to get any more podcasts done because life is crazy and we have a lot of responsibilities mm-hmm. and uh, we're trying to make the best of it. So we are recording this episode separately but together. I'm at home and my dad and is in his hometown. I'm in my hometown with my dad. Yep. Uh, three generations in this joint. Three generations within 150 miles of each other. <laughs> Four. Because yeah. I got my kiddos like literally 12 feet that way and 12 feet the other way. This is true. What are we going to talk about, Austin? <laughs> UFOs. UFOs. The, the ultimate strange thing. Otherwise known as unidentified flying objects. Right. Yes. Have you ever so, seen a UFO? Have I? I, yeah. I have seen things that were for me a UFO. Um, they weren't like creepy flying saucers and discs, but, but right. yeah, I've seen things in the air that I didn't know what it was. You? Oh, of course. I think it's funny when people say, I don't believe in UFOs. It's like, what do you work for the Air Force? Like, you know, everything you see flying around. Well, they, they're just saying that they don't believe in little green men from outer space. Yeah. They need to say aliens, not UFOs. Yeah. There's some kind of airplane specialist. Well, they might not even be from outer space. They could be from interdimensional portals or something like that. It's flying and it's an object and you can't identify it. It's a yeah. UFO. That's so, what it is. Yep. So what brought on the let's talk about UFOs thing? Because it was kind of your initiative. Yeah. Well, we were going to go try to do a kind of an on-site investigation down the road for what we – we didn't tell what it was, but we went, wee, 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 and you were like – Making the water drip sound? Yeah. We're going to save that. But because I am running back and forth to my hometown, uh, helping my dad, um, who's struggling with some, you know, old age things. And uh, because of that, I decided that we needed a new mattress in the motorhome so that I could come down here and sleep in a little more comfort. Um, and so we went to a mattress factory. This is a weird story, man. Yeah, it is. It is. It gets, it gets better. It gets better. So we go to this mattress factory where they custom make mattresses. Because if any of you have RVs, you might know that sometimes there's a difference in size between a queen-size mattress and an RV queen-size mattress. So we go to this mattress store, your mother and I, and we buy a mattress. And as we're leaving, I notice he scans my debit card on a special thing that was connected to his phone. And I thought, oh, that's like cool. A cube or whatever? Yeah. And I thought, oh, that's cool. I should get one of those because my son and I would like to go to some trade shows sometime and, and sell some paraphernalia. 
and uh, he, yeah, and he he asked me what we do, and I said, "Well, we have a podcast called A Strange Thing." And uh, his ears perked up and his eyes opened wide, and he's like, "Oh man, we love Coast to Coast AM with George Nori, and and uh, we're really into that kind of stuff." And and I said, "Yeah, it's we're kind of like that. We talk about strange things, everything from like UFOs, cattle mutilations to you know any kind of paranormal stuff or cryptids. You know, we like to talk about it." He goes, "Oh, that's cool." And then he goes, "My mom's seen a UFO." Yeah, and um, my ears perked up, and I'm like, "Oh, really?" And I said, "Oh, she has." And then he goes, "Hey, mom, tell him about your UFO." So she gives me a really quick story about her from the early 1980s and her husband, and it was really cool. Um, unfortunately, at that time, I didn't have time to talk to her much because we needed to get on the road down to where I'm at now so that we could help my dad. So I asked if it would be okay when I went back to pick up the mattress, if I could sit down and record our conversation with his mother and get the whole story. And she acted like she was really excited to do that. So uh, about a week and a half later, when we went back to town, went to this mattress factory, I sat down with her and talked to her for probably 40 minutes. I took my wife and we sat down and she took a few videos and and recorded some things and I recorded the whole session. So this is it's, kind of like an unexpected podcast time. Yeah, yeah. And, you know, when she told me about it, it kind of reminded me of how we kicked off our whole Strange Thing podcast career. Um, right. We jumped right into cattle mutilations. And, of course, anybody who's been around cattle mutilations realizes that oftentimes cattle mutilations go hand in hand with uh, UFO sightings and that kind of stuff. So I, I got onto our uh, Facebook page, requested if anybody had any stories about close encounters or UFOs to send them to us, and we got a few. So I thought maybe we could kick it off by telling a few of these stories. I haven't heard any of these. I've heard a little bit of the, of the mattress lady. Of the excerpt that we'll play? Yeah. Yeah, I've heard bits and pieces, and I, I kind of avoided listening to it. Oh, so it could be fresh. So I can actually hear it, and, and we can have an authentic podcast experience. Yeah. So, yeah, cool. No, these, these uh, what are like listener-submitted stories, those will be fun. So just to kick it off, I'm going to read something that Tiffany sent us. She just sent it <laughs> just sent <laughs> through, through our uh, Facebook podcast page. So if anybody wants to get on there and leave comments or whatever, uh, you're welcome to do that. While we're, while we're talking about like listener submitted stuff, can I do a little shout out? Yeah, do some shout out. I'm going to do a shout out um, to a longtime listener, first time reviewer. Yeah. Named Polly46. Polly46? Yeah. Polly. Is this the one that reamed us and said that we talk about ourselves too much? Polly46 left us a review. <laughs> and it is a fun review. It's very We love you anyway, Polly. <laughs> okay, I don't really before, care. You, before you read the review, uh, is it a boy or a girl? Do we know? I don't know. It's a parrot, get judging by the name. <laughs> he he wants, yeah, a wants a cracker. <laughs> <laughs> well, he's got a couple here. Hello! Hello! <laughs> okay, anyway. Actually, we're not crackers. We are. Well, I'll, I'll just read it to you. Yeah. You ready? Yeah. I desperately tried to give these two honyucks. <laughs> 
a chance. So, <laughs> hunyucks. I like I that. Had to look I don't up, know what it is, I, but I like. I had to look up what a hunyuck was, and uh, Polly the parrot spells it H U N Y U C K S. So I googled that, and the first thing that came up was like a slang kind of not nice way to say a European immigrant. That doesn't make so sense. So he went. Are, he, are you Hungarian? He went all. He went all racist on us, didn't he? Yeah. Wow. He's judging by my looks that I'm Hungarian. I'm clearly German, dude. Or ich bin yeah, I'm okay. clearly German, Parrot. Uh, and then I, I spelled it differently. I put a couple variations of the word that the Parrot tried to spell, and I, I think it's Hanyak with like a H-O-N. It means you're like an, like an idiot. So oh, an that's, idiot. that's cool. Well, that's more relevant. That's, he's a little more accurate there. I'd rather be an idiot than a Hungarian, I guess. Oh, dude. <laughs> So he tried to listen to these two hunyaks. They went on and on about themselves. Like the saying goes, the waiter doesn't need to know your name. Have you ever heard that saying? The saying, the waiter doesn't need to know your name? I should eat out more. I, I don't, I've never heard that, but I get well, what he's saying. A, here's a fun fact. The waiter probably does need to know your name, especially if you're paying with a card to verify <laughs> that you are the owner of the card. So there's another flip up on that guy's part. And then the quirky attitude is the absolute worst. Okay. You don't like quirky attitude. Save yourselves from this almost torture. Don't waste a single minute. Didn't he say he wasted like 17 minutes of his life or her life? Yeah. 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 Well, at least she gave us 17 minutes. I mean, you know, okay. I'm thinking it was the parrot spent like five minutes listening to our first episode where we talk about ourselves too much. And then... (laughs) 12 minutes trying to figure out how to spell Hunya and then just hammered out some review on I don't really care about the reviews I don't but I think it's funny when people are like so angry this free content that I didn't pay for or I didn't do anything for is just not to my liking (laughs) oh come on Austin tell us how you really feel I I think it's ridiculous well you know what's funny is that you, if you combine the 17 minutes that she listened with the probably hour that it took to comment and to to get everything correlated to send the review, um, she probably wasted close to an hour, hour and a half on us. And I'm kind of flattered by that. So I wish her, him the best. You know, we're an acquired flavor, kind of like a fine wine. And uh, I hope, I hope she finds something that she likes or he likes, and that they, it's they, you know, there they go. <laughs> but I, I can, anyway, I can. thank you for the review. And just so you know, if you do review us and you give us that kind of review, we might slander you all over on our next and, podcast. And just, you just so us, you know, if you give us good reviews, but if we've got a reviews, we'll read them. But her, I want to just mention that her, the name, like the title of her review was, "I want my seventeen minutes back." I can give her it the parrot her 17 minutes back right now. Ready? Okay. Yeah. Polly, 46. You need to start working out if you don't already. You need to drink more water. You need to eat healthy. Cut carbs out completely for a little while. And lastly, don't let things like free content bother you so much that you have to leave one star review with words that you can't spell properly. <laughs> and you'll get your 17 minutes of your life back. Guaranteed. You'll live. You'll live 17 minutes longer. There you go. 17 minutes longer and 17 less minutes writing reviews that are improperly spelled. Our our gift to you. (laughs) Yeah. So have at it, Polly. Okay. Well, now let's get back to our regularly scheduled program. What do you say? Okay. Back to Uh, uh, UFOs. 
Yeah. So anyway, Tiffany wrote us and she says, and this is, she's talking about her UFO experience. She says, do, do we know Tiffany? Nope. Just somebody who commented on oh, our uh, podcast page on Facebook, How many which is, do you think she spent writing the, the, I don't know, probably <laughs> 17 minutes. Yeah. So, so she, she she's the, the 17 ant- minutes. She came yeah. She's the antithesis of Polly. She's Tiffany. Got 17 minutes. I can't. Anyway. <laughs> yeah. So uh, Tiffany wrote, and this is on our, our A Strange Thing podcast page, which you can find if you want and join. Hey, there you go. But anyway, she writes, my story is pretty tame. I was sitting on my deck talking on the phone to my sister. My deck was on the second story and I looked out over a golf course and a small valley. So not a lot of trees. It was 3 p.m. on a cloudless autumn day. The sun was behind me, and I saw what looked like was a small, low-flying plane come straight at me. It was about a half mile out, maybe 250 feet off of the ground. The only thing strange at first was the color. It was pure, polished silver, like a necklace. I remember how brightly it shined in the sunlight. As it got closer, though, it wasn't making any noise. I thought I should at least hear the faint roar of an engine or something, but all I could hear was the passing traffic and a lone, gas-powered golf cart down on the course below. I'm describing all this to my sister as we're talking on the phone, and she said, Go get a camera and take a photo, but it was pre-smartphone. The plane was about a quarter mile out and still looked like a plane. I was going to tell her I wouldn't have time to go grab it. Then I sneezed, and when I opened my eyes, the thing was gone. It was just gone. There were no clouds or trees it could have flown behind. It was just gone in the space of a sneeze. That's so anyway, that, yeah, that's her story. So thanks, Tiffany, for that. Yeah. You know, that's that's one of those kind of maybe the kind of encounters that I've had with UFOs where you don't know really what to think of it, and then it's gone. Yeah, it's, a, it's like you don't have time to assess the situation and actually make a decision on what you're actually seeing. You kind of are like yeah. stuck in limbo, and that might be what makes an unidentified flying object instead mm-hmm. of a, a Boeing 747. Yeah, it's, it's really interesting how your mind tries to fill in things, and when it doesn't get the right information, it, it doesn't know what to do with it. It doesn't know how to, to quantify it and pack it away. I remember when I was a little kid, I was on a school bus. I was probably, I don't know, 11, 12, 13, somewhere in there. I think I was going to junior high school. We were on the way in, and I was looking out the window, and somebody pointed at something and said, what is that? Now, this is when there was a lot of weird stuff going on. This would have been like right before the 80s, like late 70s. And there were a lot of UF... Cattle mutilation time? Yeah, yeah, kind of soon after that. Um, and so there was a lot of like reportings of UFOs and, and strange things. I think a few movies came out, like Close Encounters of the Third Kind. It was it was kind of like at its equinox, you know. It was like this new thing. And um, so I looked out, and sure enough, I saw this thing, and it kind of weirded me out. But then it disappeared; it just vanished. And so when I got to school, I actually had to go to the office and see if I could call the radio station or the TV station and see if anybody else had seen the UFO. They let me go into the office and call the TV station. And uh, nobody else had reported seeing it. So, but anyway, that's the kind of kid I was. (laughs) I was always looking for that kind of crap. Maybe. But, you know, I come from it honestly because when I was a little kid, my sister said that she saw aliens come into her room. And she said that she lost time 
And Connie, if you're out there and I'm telling the story wrong, you'll have to give us your real story at some point. The way I remember it is she was in bed asleep, middle of the night, and she looks up and there's this like kind of weird glow. And as she's looking at this weird glow, the shadows that was cast onto the carpet as it went into her room, she could see legs. And then they were moving towards her. And then she could see little feet with boots on in the hallway, but they were short and the legs coming out of them were like green. Was this in the and then every This would have been late 70s, yeah. So she, she says she lost time and then woke up and it was the next day. And that story that she told me scared me so bad. I mean, I could not sleep downstairs alone in the basement anymore. I would sneak upstairs on my hands and knees and crawl into the my mom and dad's room and sleep on the dog pillow. Because I, I was too terrified that a UFO or aliens were going to come carry me away. That's the room you'd be sleeping in, right? Yeah, this is the room that I slept in, yeah. You got a little yeah. shed behind you through the window and, and then... The corral corrals. Yeah. So, yeah, this is where it all Can happened. Serendipitous. <laughs> now I'm kind of getting a little bit weirded out because I got to sleep. I'm not sleeping here. I'm sleeping in the driveway. You're going to go sleep in the dog bed in Grandpa's room, right? Yeah, I just hope I don't uh, see any green feet or legs yeah. climbing up the stairs oh. to the motorhome. That sounds like the beginning of an uh, alien story, right? The guy goes down to his hometown brings his RV, he's sleeping outside in his RV, and then the RV starts shaking, the power goes out, and then he wakes up (laughs) after a weird, vivid dream about little green men, and then he's lost time. That sounds good. I like the setup for this movie. Yeah, yeah, it's pretty good. (laughs) I hope that doesn't happen. Anyway, if it does... I hope it uh, does for the content. (laughs) I just don't want any probing. I don't want any probing. Please, no probing. All right. Hopefully they spit on it first. Ugh. What's our next story? Well, let's just let's just jump into. Uh, I'm I'm calling her Jane Doe. Um, ah, she gives her story, and she kind of asked to be anonymous just because she took some flack from this back in the day um, when she tried to tell people, even from her family and stuff. But anyway, she got brave and she told her whole story, and she is a sweet lady uh, with a mind, you know, as sharp as a tack. So I'm just going to play it. If you want, Austin, just jump in and, and I'll pause it. You can ask questions. I got my flag here. Do. Yeah, you wave your flag. Obvious. That means that means stop, right? Yeah, if I have questions. Oh. I told you I want to, after the little bit that I've heard, I want to uh, ask a few questions as it goes because it could be kind of vague. Okay. I will set it up by saying that we were sitting in a little back room in the mattress factory. And I just told her that, you know, just in her own words, just start telling the story. And so this is what she did. I can't remember whether it was Sunday or Monday. We we were in Salt Lake. Sometimes we came back on Sunday and sometimes on Monday. But we decided to go through state line through Nevada. Uh What what year do you think this was? Well, it's got to be in the 80s, but I can't. I was trying to. I think it's about 40 years ago. We was in Salt Lake and we was coming along and um, I say 15 miles now but we didn't know it at the time we timed it after we saw this but 15 miles from the Nevada state line okay and there's two hills like this just little bump hills uh-huh. and this thing came out between the two you could see it down the road you know so it was like coming over the road kind of no it was coming over the salt flats okay 
And uh, I kidded my husband. I said, well, here comes your flying saucer. Here comes your flying saucer. Thinking it's a helicopter. When it got closer, we knew it couldn't. And my husband just pulled right in right away. Oh, wow. And he stood up in the... We had a glass top. He, he said, well, this isn't going to do it. And I'm screaming all the time, don't get out of the car. Don't get out of the car. But yeah, I was scared to death. And then he got out. And, and I thought, well, I guess I just as well. And then about that time, it came like this. And then it turned like this right mm -hmm. above us. Right above us. So it was spinning in the air. Really slow. Just very slow. Just turned. I got, I got two questions. She said there's two hills. Okay, so this lady, in my opinion, she's very grandma, old lady, hand gestures, doing like weird up above her head motions, right? Yeah, you, you could tell I was watching her eyes and her facial expressions, and she was reliving that moment. So she was, she had her hands in the air, and she was like kind she of pointing in a certain direction. <laughs> yeah, and and she was, you know, making gestures and describing things, and she would, she had drawn a picture. And I'll put that picture on our uh, Facebook page and also on our website. But she'd drawn a picture, actually had her granddaughter draw a picture of what she saw. I'd also asked her if I could make a, a 3D model of it, which I'll also put that up. Yeah, so it's, uh, she was very animated and uh, very interested in telling the story, you could tell. Well, my question is, because she says it kind of comes over two hills. I'm trying to like envision yeah. this thing coming over. Yeah, so she said it comes between them. So I don't know. Uh, in fact, I'll put a picture up because I actually used Google Earth and, and went there about 15 miles out and then looked around at where these hills would be. So if you have the salt flats, uh, many of you have seen those where they do the speed testing and try to go for the land speed records. It's just a totally flat bed of salt. I mean, for miles and miles and miles. Out of that, in a couple areas are just some hills that kind of sprout. And you can see in different locations, and I'm not sure which ones she was talking about, but you'll have this flat area, and then to the right and to the left will be two hills that kind of point out of it. And so, so that's what I think she's in, talking about. You got the impression that it was actually coming kind of between the two hills. Right. I think I asked her yeah. that question a little bit more later, and I think she, okay. she clarifies that. Yeah. And then she said it's turning like this. And I'm, I'm picturing her, you know, like doing like some kind of weird rave motion, you know, blah, 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 blah. But what's she implying when she says it turned like this? I think she is saying that it came through the hills and then kind of made a, a turn and went straight to where they had pulled over in their car. And oh, so apparently she's saying it made like a route. So it came through the hills and it made a route that turned towards their car. Not, towards their not car. That, not that it was like spinning as it came through the mountains. Or no, I don't hills. think so. I think, mm. well, and you'll find out later, once it gets there, it does spin or rotate. It was still too far away to tell at that point. It was just moving towards them. Gotcha. It sounded almost like as though it was spinning as it was coming through the between the hills. It was turning like this. She's winding yarn vertically kind of thing. Uh, yeah, I don't but, I don't think so. One thing I found interesting, she said we had a glass top. So apparently the car they were in was a convertible. They had a glass top, so they were actually able to stand up and see through that opening. I thought that was kind of interesting. I don't know what kind of car it was, but I'd like to ask her. Yeah. But it was the 80s, so, I mean, a, a convertible would have been, or a T-top yes. would have been something that's been around. 
Yeah. Trans Am, buddy. Yeah, Trans Am or a or, Thunderbird. I'm thinking a T-Bird, yeah, T-Bird. T-Bird, yep. I like T-Birds. Yeah, I like the image so far. Salt Flats, T-Bird, okay. Jane Doe, smoking, yep. looking at this <laughs> spaceship. Yep. <laughs> uh, a couple in love, traveling through the desert. Here we go. My husband was probably two, three feet away from it. Mm-hmm. I was probably six or seven feet so away from it. So you were close. Real close. Really close. And it just turns slowly right around. We could see the hole underneath of it. And then it just stayed right in that spot when we finished. And he was taking everything in, trying to judge. We judged it was would have to be small people if they were in, yeah, there. in there. Yeah. And if they could see out, there was no windshield, no nothing. And so they would have to see through that metal if they could see. But it was very quiet and very, um, you could hear this fan. Not a loud fan, just a quiet fan type thing going. Type noise? Mm. What was the material on it? Well, this is what confused me because all of this around the front looked like it was chrome. Mm -hmm. And this through here was kind of a, it looked like it was metal, like, and it was not light metal. It wasn't dark, it was medium brown. Mm -hmm. Medium brown. Brown. Like rusty brown or more of a... No, it wasn't rusty. It was just more of a soft brown. Hmm. Not a, yeah. But this confused me because I thought that looks like chrome, you know. Mm-hmm. It, and I wouldn't know if they could have chrome wherever this came from or not. But it was very shiny, and they were all lights in there. Oh, in the in the inside. So it yeah. was like a grill. Yeah, yeah, it was chrome a grill. grill with, with lights, lights in, in there. all the openings. Yeah. Uh-huh. And they were square openings like this. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I really think that it was there was another one along here because my son asked me what shape was and I said, Well it was a hexagon, but it went back to a point where this this was. So like the front was a hexagon shape and then it went back almost yeah. like a triangle mm-hmm. type. Yeah, yeah. To a point at the end. Yeah. So when I've heard people say, Well it looks like it's triangular, I thought, that's exactly and that's, it's only been recently I heard anybody say that it was like a triangle. Yeah. I have listened and listened for years trying to pick up anybody that would come up with something that we saw. Mm-hmm. And I never did. Till lately they said it's like a triangle. And I said, I said, that's right. It's like a triangle. But this looked like a hexagon here in front. Hmm. So she said like a hexagon going into a point. Think of it like a guitar kind of body, but the the front of the head of the guitar uh, had six. Well, actually, it would have only been one, two, three, four, five faces. Ooh. And then instead of the hexagon being finished on the back, it went straight back into a point. So there were only two more sides. So it really, it had seven sides. But if it would have been the same in the front as it was in the back, it would have had six. That makes sense. Kind of like the thing in Star Wars at kind the beginning, of, yeah. where it's got like that kind of like clunky uh, octagonal type rear, and then it goes into a triangle from there, like a point. Yeah, in a way, it, I think it almost looks like the Millennium Falcon. Although if the back of the Millennium Falcon went to a point instead of kind of rounded, but then had that kind of big fat front end um, with six sides, well, it would have, actually it would be five sides in the front. 
then you've got an idea of what this thing looked like to her. So but she was she was pointing at the picture that she had drawn and like tapping on the table uh, and kind of showing it. And, you know, I tried to draw out a description from her as we go along because Ooh. I knew that people listening weren't going to be able to see it in exactly the same way. I was picturing like the Star Destroyer. Like a giant long triangle kind of, with a yeah, big sharp like pointy a, nose. Almost like an arrowhead, but the back of the yeah. arrowhead would be octagonal or a hexagon. Flip one of the Star Destroyers backwards. Okay, so the direction of travel was the big side forward and the rear right. side. Okay. And the front of it, that big side in the front was actually, it had six, well, five sides. So, and then the front of it was like, she described it as a grill, uh, like a really shiny grill with lights inside of it. So anyway, she'll get more into that here in a second. Right. Okay. I get it. I think. It's definitely a very unique thing. And to me, that makes it more legit. Right. Because what you always hear is It makes it more legit. It's a disc is what you typically hear, right? Or it's like a cigar shape, like a tube cylindrical with rounded ends kind of making its way across the sky. Those are the, the UFO encounters that you, you hear all Typical. the time. Yep. Although so, nowadays you hear a lot more about like a triangle type shapes that, you know, that are flying over Phoenix or wherever that have like bright light sources kind of aiming down. You kind of hear more about that kind of shape, right. like a stealth shape or a flying Ooh. wing shape. Yeah, kind of like that stealth bomber. That that what's that bomber called? It looks like a sparrow, kind of big yeah. black mm-hmm. stealth bomber. Yeah, it's like a wing, flying wing. But anyway, it's it's very interesting to me. It kind of reminded me of this drawing that she had, almost of like some of the uh, pod racers in Star Wars. With the big engines up front, and they kind of drag something behind. Yeah. Uh, but it's not, not quite like that because it's one like big solid chariot thing. style. The pod racers right. are like a chariot. They got two big rockets and then like a guy in like a chariot controlling it. Yeah. You know, it's funny that that B-2 stealth bomber kind of has a – it's not the same. Good, yeah. That shape. The octagon is, is being inversed as it goes across its yeah. angles. You know, instead of being always positive motions until its apex and then making a negative move towards the other side, it's like positive, negative, positive, negative. If that makes sense. Yeah, it does. If you flip that backwards, if that plane flew backwards and you clip the wings off, you'd have something Mm -hmm. that was very close to the shape she describes. What were we going to say? I was going to say, I don't know, it's hard to explain via, you know, just words. Yeah, it is. Yeah, I encourage people to go look at the drawing, the original drawing, and then the 3D uh, thing that I made up to try to narrow it down a little bit. Uh, one thing that I think is kind of cool about it is because it's such a unique shape and because she was so detailed and her memory was so good on this and she was able to describe it in such fine detail. And it was that it happened in the middle of the daylight and they were so close to it. The husband was two feet away. Could have reached yeah, out she and said touched like this three thing. feet or something. Uh huh. So and she was like I, six or seven feet behind that. So they were close. Was, was was it above them or was it next to them? It kind of descended. I asked this question later on too. It descends and then it just sits in front of them and just rotates slowly in the air, almost mm-hmm. silent. Uh, she said that made sounds kind of like a fan. But I'll let her tell that here in a minute. She gets into a little more. 
And how long did you stay there and watch? About 15 minutes. Uh, I, I, it's hard to judge, but as soon as it uh, it was, stayed right there and then it just went off, or there was a bunch of bu- uh, bushes like they have along a ditch bank and it was kind of tall. So it went right over to the top, just skimmed those as it went over into a field, I think, on beyond. And then we couldn't see it anymore. Well, it just kind of disappeared. Well, I don't know if we were so excited or whatever, but I couldn't see it after it went over that mm-hmm. bushes. But we first thing my husband said is, check the time, see if we've been taken up. Oh. I was just horrified. <laughs> and it hadn't it been about 15 minutes since we had checked it. So no time loss. No time loss. Oh. And so then we decided, well, as we've gone down the road, judge the size of it. And we judged the size of it as they had little railroad houses along the road where their workers lived in. Mm-hmm. It was the size of that. Mm. So that kind of gives you an idea of the size of it. But it wasn't very tall. So I think it's interesting that one of the biggest concerns she has, the thing that freaked her out probably the most, was that she was worried they were going to be you know, abducted and they mm. were going to experience time loss. And she kind of hinted to that multiple times that that's one of the first things they checked after this thing left was to see if they'd lost time. <laughs> that's kind of funny. It reminds me of uh, that episode of the X-Files. Yeah. I think it's one of the first, I mean, it's got to be in the first season where they're driving in that Caprice or whatever old car and it turns off and their watches are weird. And he hops out and he looks around and there's like an X on the road. He checks the watch, and he's like, I'm looking for time loss. Very similar kind of story. I yeah. like that. It's interesting. We judged the, where we were to where we got to state line, and it was 15 miles. 15 miles from state line, from the Nevada line, in the from Utah. From Utah to the, to the Nevada state okay. line. Because okay. the state line goes like this, and then you kind of go up a little grade into state line. And as I think it was just as we got to that point where you went up that little grade to state line. Oh, wow. That is really, that's an awesome story. So when this thing floated over kind of where you were and you pull over, so you were on the side of the road, kind of like in a gravel area on the side of the road? No, it was kind of uh, grassy, uh, you know. It was really, it's really the salt flats, but it was an area you could drive off. You could stay right on the highway and drive off. But when my husband saw it coming, he just went in as far as he could, Yeah. you know. And so I would say that the highway was from here to the next fence over there. I was trying to judge it. So did it kind of float up to you, levitate up to you? Just just quietly came like this, and then it turned, you know, all the way around, and then it was facing north and south. It came from the west to the east, and then after it got through with this turn, it was facing north and south, and so it went off north. And it went north. I'm so sorry now that we didn't stand there and watch. I, we saw it go over the bushes and mm-hmm. down towards the field. But it wasn't high enough so you could, you know, it didn't take off in the sky right. or anything. It didn't like go that. up. The altitude. No. Did the altitude drop as it moved towards you, you think, a little bit? Uh, it probably did, but so slowly we didn't recognize it. Wasn't, it. it wasn't extreme. Yeah. yeah. Well, after that happened, I imagine you guys were pretty oh excited. And- I was just, I was just, I... I tell you, I was I wasn't scared after I got out there and was looking at it. I mean, I uh-huh. I was looking, 
this sounds silly for a lady, but I was trying to see how it was made. Yeah. And my husband was just, oh, he just took care. He could tell you more than I can tell you. He was just, oh, it was his whole lifetime to see it. To see that, to and see there that. it was. Uh-huh. And there it was. Huh. And it didn't matter. He didn't care if they took him or what they did. He was going out there. Mm-hmm. And so it really, um, it really was quite an experience. But then we didn't, we come back and we told our boys about it. And a few people, when you, you had to be careful who you told it to yeah. because at that time there were a lot of flying saucers and everybody's crazy. They're yeah. seeing lights in the sky. And and you know, I'd never heard anyone that has ever seen it in the daylight like we like, had. Like that. Had a, I've never, they've been to crash sites after it's crashed. Never even the pilots have been this close to it that I can remember. So I thought this was pretty interesting how she was so excited and uh, how energized they were uh, to the point they were, you know, basically they were giddy. Right. The, the husband uh, had been hoping to see something like this his entire life. And then all of a sudden there it was. Right. Which, I, I mean, I have to play the skeptical guy. Sure. Yeah. Like, you know, I could picture a scenario where the guy wants to see something his whole life. And then they're on this long trip and they come up with a thing. Maybe they saw a helicopter and they, I'm not, I'm not discrediting what she saw. I want to make that clear, but I can see that the situation was the way where they saw a helicopter. It was like, is that a UFO? And then they kind of, uh, I don't know if it's like a self-fulfilling prophecy or whatever, but yeah, they kind of walked themselves down the path of seeing but I love her story. Yeah. I'm not discrediting what she's saying. And I do believe that she's completely telling the truth of what she believes. I just, it's my, my brain is like a over logical person to say like, is she filling in gaps or something? Or is there another story or, but you know, it, the, it's so strange to hear her tell the story because what she talks about is not the typical UFO. And the way she describes it in such detail and that they were so close. And there is this thing floating, this metallic object floating, you know, within arm's reach. And it's not even stirring up the dust underneath it, but it's totally levitating. Now, this isn't like, you know, we have drones now that can fly in battery power for a half an hour. No problem. Yeah. This was 1981, 82, somewhere in that zone. They didn't have that technology. Batteries weren't that sophisticated back then. They had remote control cars and things that could last a little bit, but nothing of that size. To me, that gives it credibility. Now, what it was, could it have been some kind of experiment from, Government you know, thing. yeah, uh, that That's they took pretty- to the salt flats? It's an area to, to test that. Yeah. Some kind of hovercraft. It's a, it's a perfect area for the government testing another thing in that area morton thiokol was out there they built the uh, engines for the space shuttle so there was a lot of testing of stuff out in that area there always has been um some of it government some of it private so it could have been something like that i don't know but whatever it was it was a ufo it was unidentified and it was freaky weird so um, she mentions that it's roughly the size of one of the uh Railroad houses that were on the side of the road. Right. Mm-hmm. What do you think that dimension was? Twelve by twelve, twenty-four by twenty-four. 
I think it's a little bigger than 12 by 12. I, I saw it as something about the size of a standard garage, which would be 16 by 16 or maybe 20 by 20. Um, kind of like a shop size, like a shed, yeah. like a yeah. So it wasn't like a wasn't like a car size. Could, it was bigger yeah. than a car. You could say it was about the size of your average motorhome. Yeah, yeah, a little wider, but yeah. Huh? If you were to add up the square footage, probably about motorhome size. Yeah, so I mean, it was it was big, and it was described as you know, kind of a soft brown metal. But in that front hexagonal shape, it had chrome-like bumpers with lights that were embedded inside of a grid. So it was like a like a grid of lights inside of like a chrome grill kind of thing. And it's very interesting. Uh, you'll have to get on our website and look at the picture that we kind of modeled up for it. But it's definitely we, uh, well you. Yeah, I did. You but anyway, it's, I had to follow instructions on the text message to figure out how to get myself on the camera to talk to my dad. <laughs> I'm not a computer dude. <clears throat> I was just thinking, though, with the whole uh, light brown, uh, roughly RV size situation, uh, I was just thinking about how your beard's gotten a lot grayer lately. <laughs> yes. And how uh, you have a light brown... V-sized thing that has a chrome grill and a bunch of lights on it. Mm-hmm. And I'm wondering if you're a time traveler and you've actually come and messed with this lady and that's why your beard's gotten so gray lately. And that is actually you've been a time traveler and you've been messing with people in your super awesome motorhome that's light brown and has chrome grill and a lot of lights. Yeah, no levitation there. Sorry, I wish. If it could fly, I'd get better gas mileage. That's for sure. <laughs> but yeah, I don't know. It's a it's a really funky story. She goes into a little more detail here. Let's uh, keep going with her comments. And I kept saying, it's too bad that I can't tell somebody about this because it's a once in a lifetime deal. And you're because out of fear that people will think you're crazy yeah, or yeah, whatever. Yeah, right, yeah. right. Well, some did when you told them, they'd look at you, oh, how much have you had to drink, you know, and that. Yeah. There was one friend that I told that, that she likes things like this, mm-hmm. and she, she did believe me. She believed you. She believed us, yeah. So, but I even just a couple of months ago, I tried to tell my nephews when I went home to out of Falls to see my sister, and we were having dinner, and I tried to tell them, and I said, well, it's close right here in the room. They, you know. They just blew it off. Yeah. So since then, have you had or heard or seen anything else like that? No, no. I have never seen anything like it. The only thing I picked up on was that it was a triangle. Like like people are seeing now and reporting. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I've listened and listened for years. Nobody has come up with anything like what we saw except this. And this was what surprised me because it looked like, you know, the airplanes where the jets come jets out. Come out. Mm-hmm. And the first thing when I saw that, when it turned, I thought, well, that's like a jet, uh-huh. you know. And then I couldn't see it anymore when I was standing here because there was, there was something here, some kind of fence or something. And I, my husband would know, but I can't remember. I didn't concentrate on that. Like you I were going to the front. And or then when it went off the side, I thought, yeah, that's just like a jet, hmm. you know. Like a jet housing. Yeah, 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 yeah just and, like a jet housing, yeah. And maybe some fins around it? I'm not out here. 
but right through here like somewhere. Like in here somewhere. And I'm sorry that I can't tell you, but I could, it had to be enough that it disguised this until this is what I saw at the end. This would be like a jet, but I can't remember what those fins were like. But it was enough that I couldn't see it from the side until it hmm. went off to the side. Yeah. I'm picturing you guys a lot of like pointing at the picture mm -hmm. that you guys had her niece draw or whatever. Yeah, her um, granddaughter. Granddaughter. What was the right here and the fins and the... Yeah, so apparently when this thing kind of floated or it moved towards them and then slowly rotated. And as it was rotating, there were some kind of fins towards the back of the object that kind of blocked as it continued to rotate was revealed to be something that looked like kind of a jet engine housing. So as it turned, it exposed more and more of that housing area of this jet nozzle or or covering at the back now interestingly enough it wasn't like shooting flames or making a loud noise or like some kind of propulsion device obviously because it wasn't activated like a jet engine would be i mean if it, if it was a jet engine it would blow your eardrums out and if you got behind it it would burn your face off and that wasn't going on there was something, a hump on the back of this triangular piece that looked like the housing of a jet engine, or at least that kind of bump that you would expect to see over an engine. Okay, uh, so I'm picturing an acute triangle, okay? I don't know if it's, how do you know if it's cute or not? It could be ugly. It's got, the acute means that the angle is narrower than 90 degrees. <laughs> I know. Okay, so we have, we have an acute triangle, and the short side of the triangle is octagonal. Or hexagonal. Right? Or hexagonal. Hexagonal. <laughs> hexagonal. And then the, uh, what, apex? Or what, what's the point of a triangle called? The highest point. The corner. The, the only real drastic angle of this triangle has a tube, a cylindrical sticking out of it, right? Yeah. Think of an F-16, the rear of an F-16 jet that so the nozzle jet. points down. Yeah. Yeah. Or think of a jet engine on this on the wing of a plane. It was something like that mm -hmm. right in the middle of the triangle of the back. Okay. That's the way that it was kind of drawn. So I don't know if it had like a nozzle mm -hmm. and like a port on the back side or if it was just kind of a bump. Um, Interesting. Yeah. To me, it's, it's not like it was shooting light and jetting out. It was no. just kind of. It reminded stagnant. me the way she described it as. Have you seen the like extra fuel tanks that planes have on them that are shaped? Oh, you know, kind of like a missile kind of a yeah. shape. Yeah, 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 yeah. Kind of a barrel, but they're a little more pointy. Mm -hmm. uh, it kind of reminded me of something like that because it it didn't sound like there was any kind of blast coming out of it. It, it was almost like it was just a. I don't know, something with the hull of the ship that had a unique mm. shape to it. That's super interesting. It's not an UFO story you hear. No. Where it's it not. covered up all of Seattle from my perspective and had all these glowing <laughs> yeah. lights. And, yeah. and no, that's why it fascinated me so much when she was telling me, because it's not mm. typical. And, and it's in the, the middle of nowhere. Yeah. So, worst case, 
even if she's completely bonkers on aliens and, and stuff, it could be some weird scientific drone. They had to have the, sure. the, the air volume going through the grill part to be projected out the hump on the back or some well, kind of weird it's uh, like, science thing because it's the perfect area. Well, that grill she describes each one of the little kind of made a lattice or grating on the front. This chrome grill was like a grate. And each one of the little recesses had a light fixture in it. In her mind, if those were turned on, it would be like this brilliant, blinding light out of the front well, of this, this vehicle. Yeah, but knowing the government, have you ever seen a guy that owns a Jeep Cherokee? He's got those light many, bars. <laughs> yeah, he's got as many LED light bars as he's got. There's probably an LED light bar testing facility. In like 1980. Yeah, could yeah. be. They were getting rid of those KC lights, those round ones with the smiley faces. Mm-hmm. And they were moving into LED light bars so that people across the street from you can work on their light bars in the middle of the night and light up your entire house. So I'm thinking that's what happened. I think it was a Jeep Cherokee testing facility light bar place. Something tells me no, but okay, you can run with that. I, I'm what just going to say lockers before light bars, bro. Oh, man. One of the things before uh, we get too far down this rabbit hole, is I wanted to just highlight how nervous they were to tell their story because of, at that time, how people were perceived that were seeing these kind of objects. Now, in that area, in that time frame, there were probably hundreds of sightings of strange UFOs. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. This is different because it is so detailed. And it wasn't received well by a lot of people that heard the story from her. And so they kind of were a little nervous to, to let this out because they didn't want to be seen as these kind of weird weirdos. Yeah, you didn't want to and, be lumped for that category. Right. And if you pick that up, you can still feel, in her words, that kind of tension that she had about telling her story because it was such a monumental kind of experience Mm-hmm. But it was also something that they were nervous about. Yeah, about. I want to make it pretty clear. I know people say that in podcasts all the time. It drives me nuts. Like, I want to make it clear. But okay. I think what she's saying is true. I'm not like second guessing her. I just gotta. I always play like the devil's advocate. On we got to play the skeptic. Yeah, you got to play the yeah. skeptic. And uh, like, and- like guessing it's light bars and stuff is obviously like satirical. Yeah. You know, I'm, I don't really think it's a government testing of light bars for people <laughs> who know. own mid-90s XJ Jeeps. But <laughs> I do think it's kind of funny that that's an area known for testing things. Yeah. And like the desert, you know, like all Area 51, government testing spaceships and rockets and electromagnetic propulsion or whatever. Uh, Well, as you get in that direction, I mean, you go much further and you go a little bit further south, then you're actually pretty close to Area 51. Exactly. So that's why I put out weird, dumb logic. I know, not logic. They're testing light bars for Jeep people. I don't know. That's tough. Oh, sure. Now you got to explain yourself for your weird sayings. Okay, I'll explain myself right now. I owned, uh, what, 1993 XJ with a light bar on it. Had granite liner on the bottom half, and it was painted tan and gray. Yeah, one of the ugliest cars ever made. 
It's a, it's a unibody, which is a terrible design for a car with a front solid axle. It's stupid. Speaking of unibody, um, I asked her more about the structure of the UFO. Do you want to hear about it? No, but I'm super interested in how you tied that into our conversation. Well, let's get back to her and you'll find out. All right. Kick it. Like I say, my husband was just, his whole life, even after this, we were always watching the sky or whatever. And he'd be so disappointed because we'd never see anything, you know. Would you say this was like like uh, four feet off the ground, six feet off the ground, ten feet uh, off the ground? Probably as high as this room. So seven, eight feet maybe. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Just, Just standing there looking at it. Well, actually, um, it was probably a little lower than that because I could see it better than, you know, if I was looking up here. It was more like half of this room I could see. Mm-hmm. You know. And the bottom? The bottom didn't have any flat, market, it was just flat. completely No, flat. it turned all the way around as you could see there was nothing under there. Could you see seams on the on the bottom or sides, like welding nope. seams nope. or anything? I looked for that. No, I couldn't see anything. So it was like one piece kind yeah, of Yeah. 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 Huh. But I'm sure these were all the lights. People see lights, big bright lights in the sky. And this would be what it is right if that's, here. If those were on. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It would have been bright, but they weren't on because eleven o'clock in the daytime. You know, and the, and the thing is, is my husband turned, what's wrong with those people? Like, wave, you know, mm-hmm. they go, big trucks and things. Nobody paid any attention. Nobody would stop. Nobody stopped. It's almost like they didn't see it or something. Like, that's what Keith said. I said, I can't imagine. He said, well, sometimes you are the only one meant to see this, mm-hmm. you know. Yeah. And I have been so disappointed all my life because I couldn't tell it. I mean, I feel like I'm free to tell you. But you had to be so careful who you would talk to. Uh, we've had other friends we told to, but no reaction whatsoever. So uh, this is really makes me feel good that I can tell you about oh, good. it. Well, I'm so glad you told us because I think there are a lot of people like you that have seen things. And for the same reasons, they don't say much. Mm-hmm. And uh, so what part of our podcast is we want people to feel free to give us their stories. Yeah. And if people want to remain anonymous... We won't even use their real names. We'll just keep them so that they don't have to worry about that kind of stuff. But well, I, I more... don't worry about because it's the truth. Mm-hmm. But there's so many word people out there yes. that I don't want anything like that. But it also is just like a hovercraft, you mm-hmm. know, just hovering, no sound, yeah, just this, just like a like a fan, and it wasn't a loud sound. It was yeah. just a quiet fan sound. It's a levitating object, yeah. and so do you think? Um, it was piloted, or do you think it was like a remote controlled, or what's your? Well, idea? they didn't have that at that time, mm-hmm. you know. But now, since they've come out with this, with this uh, drones. drones, the way they are, I I wonder if that was made, it was like a drone. But if it wasn't, if it was piloted, they had to be very small because it was not that tall. My husband and I both discussed that. If they were in there, they had to be able to see out because there's no windshield or nothing like that. And they had to to be small, two or three feet tall, three or four feet tall like that. So they had been really small. Yeah. Hmm. Yeah. Now, a regular person, regular height, would not have been in there. Hmm. So, but we didn't know about drones at this time. Yeah. So since then, I wonder if that was operated by a drone, but it had to be from up above then, somebody yeah. operated from up above. And we also, they do a lot of experimenting in Utah. Right. And 
uh, we talked to his uncle and aunt who we stay with down there and told them about it. They weren't surprised at all because they said people are seeing these things out there all the time. This has never, no, nothing's ever come out. On, we've oh. never seen anything like this. Hmm. So um, when we told them, they weren't surprised at all. They believed it because they said people going across there all the time see these flying saucers all the time. Hmm. And so from Utah, so we showed him and he was he was not at all surprised hmm. not at all well i i just want to say thanks uh thank you for sharing it with us I well think i'm really glad cool. i could talk to somebody that appreciates yeah. it <laughs> but the, the the surprising thing is quiet you'd what think a, that big it'd be a loud noise of something you had to really be quiet to hear it when you saw it moving towards you from the distance how fast do you think it was moving towards you well, we thought like a helicopter coming through. It, it must have came uh, fairly fast because as soon as we seen it, it hadn't been very long that we could see it wasn't a helicopter. This would, these mountains are like 15 miles away, you right. know, and you could just see this little speck come through the mountains. And I just, oh, here comes your UFO. <laughs> <laughs> and then it got about halfway to us and we could see it wasn't a helicopter. And that's when my husband pulled over. So it moved toward you really rapidly, slowed down, yeah. spun around, and then took and off. Very slow, slow, very slow over the... Over the bushes or trees or shrubs or whatever it yeah, was. Yeah, just barely above them, yeah. And then you lost sight of it after that. Yeah, I don't know whether we were excited to get in the car to see if we'd been taken or whatever, but <laughs> when we looked back, we couldn't see it. Well, good. I'm 86 years old, so thank God I could remember that much. Yeah, that's awesome. <laughs> that's awesome. That well, I'm really so glad I could tell somebody. Me too. Yeah, so that's a pretty cool story. I like the way at the end there she kind of talks about some of the frustration about telling people. And then she also talks about how she was aware that other people were seeing weird UFO type things in that area. And, uh, and that she had the friends that were fully aware that a lot of UFOs were being seen in that same stretch of highway heading toward the Nevada border. I don't know. I just... I, it was her cousin or brother-in-law or something. That, yeah. Uh, he yeah. works in that area and he knows, you know, people see that stuff a lot around there. Uh, a lot. But nothing like that. Nothing I, I like really, that and in the daylight. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Daytime was kind of a cool thing because that's not something you hear in, in uh, uh, UFO lore that often. I asked um, that one question specifically for you uh, about could she see any seams or anything on the craft? Yeah. And she couldn't. And so I wondered, you know, if it was some kind of different kind of alloy or, or kind of composite material, you know, because it didn't have seams. To me, just doesn't say metal. Yeah, think it have to be painted seems. or, you know, like yeah. welded and ground shut, you know, that yeah. kind of thing, which you do see. But uh, a big thing in airplanes, even like the SR-71 Blackbird was designed so that the actual panels on the airplane would expand with the heat that it was taking with it, its speed and its altitude. And it was the panels that were used in the airplane was actually taken into account to have one solid piece of like you would in your car, although your car has a lot more seams than you think anyway. I thought it was super cool that you hear a Roxanne in the background a lot in that last few minutes. Uh, She jumps in there and says drone. 
Yeah, she yep. actually was there and had said a few more things. I cut most of it out at her request. <laughs> so, yeah, she was my co-speaker, co-questioner. So, so all you're saying is she's only good for popcorn. Well, popcorn, and she's stealthy and behind-the-scenes kind of person. She's a sneaky popcorn ninja. Yep, she is. Um, but anyway, I, that was a cool story, wasn't it? Yeah, it was a great story. And and I, I really liked that she second-guessed herself. And yep. I don't mean that in like a negative thing. I, I think it's cool that she's trying to remember. It, yep. it actually sounds as though she experienced this. Oh, I can a tell you, that, as a person that was there with her, she just dripped integrity. She wasn't making things up. She wasn't like going for sensationalism. She was very real. Um, I believe what she said 100%. Now, she'd be the first one to say that she didn't know what it was. Could have been man-made, could have been a drone, could have been something. But she was aware that some people, when they experience this stuff, would like they be taken and experimented mm-hmm. on. And uh, she was nervous that that had happened to them, but it had. So that was good. Her, her husband did not experience any kind of weird probing. Yeah, that's good. There are only a few people on this earth that I wish probing upon. Like um, Polly 64 or whatever her name is? No, 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 no not Polly. <laughs> talking about Ted Bundy. Oh, okay. Polly's just a lady or dude or parent who doesn't like our podcast. That's fine. I don't want him or it to be hurt. Probe doesn't mean you won't like it. <laughs> That's true. You know what? I take it back. I hope Polly, whatever the parent, experiences whatever it likes. The right kind as of long, As long as it's best 17 minutes of its life. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Yeah, um, we might elaborate a little more on some of these uh, strange UFO encounters in the upcoming episodes. I don't know. It was good to kind of do this remotely for a change. Yeah, and, it's a little rough on the headset and the computer. And yeah. It's not my realm at all. There's I a little mean, bit of lag. If you can't hit something to make it work, I don't know how to make it work. Yeah. I, I have yeah, a couple we'll, questions we'll, for you, though. So you already answered the question of, have you ever seen a, a flying saucer or a UFO? Yeah. Um, what are your impressions of Jane Doe? <laughs> <laughs> my impressions of Jane Doe? Oh, I I wish she was my grandmother. I think she is an awesome person. But uh, yeah, a great lady. Um, actually, great place. Uh, her son, Mike, was a stand-up guy. Uh, he, you can tell he loves her to death. And and uh, she still goes in there and works at this uh, little little uh, mattress shop. Uh, so she's active, sharp as a tack. Uh, can't say good enough things about her. Um, just really appreciate that she sat down and talked to me and Trusted me enough to tell her story. Yeah, it's pretty cool. So I got a question for you, Austin. What would you do if you saw a UFO? Would it weird you out? Would you be excited, want to go investigate? Would you worry about a loss of time or some kind of probing? I mean, what would be your reaction, do you think? I think it depends on the experience. So if it was like uh, Jane Doe's experience... I'd probably be a little more concerned about my safety and my, you know, do I have some weird foreign object inside of my body? (laughs) But, um, you know, I've seen weird things before. And in those situations, it's like, 
uh, a more of a like let's step back and take a logical look at what happened and what's going on. If you had to make an assessment on what she saw, that it was real, but you had to make a guess as to what it was, if it was like human origin or if it was alien technology or what, what would you think it would be? My ultimate guess is that it's, well, there's kind of three courts that I play. So one, it's human made, it's a government testing thing because of location. That's a perfect location for stuff like that. It's big, it's open, you can crash something and go pick it up before a bunch of rednecks find it and make a news article out of it. Also, alien sightings and stuff have been more common in that area and, and stuff like that. So we've got government, you know, human testing stuff. We've got actual alien mischief. And then lastly, I wonder if it's a little bit of like just... Uh, interaction between like misinterpretation and actual stuff that we see every day. Who knows if it was a crop duster just busting some field that they didn't realize they were next to. It's a bright light, it's an airplane, it's whizzing by and it didn't happen at the same rate. I thought it was really interesting that she and her husband both commented at the time. They, they couldn't figure out why people weren't pulling over and stopping and noticing this thing. It was like, you know, it was just a few yards off of the, the freeway, maybe, you know, maybe a hundred yards, but it was close enough that people could obviously see it and that it was floating, you know, four or five feet off the ground, right. levitating and slowly rotating. And no, they didn't stop or act like they noticed. You know, I got wondering about that. And I was thinking, if I was driving down the road and I just looked over and I saw a car parked and two people out looking at this thing slowly rotating, I might not stop either. I'd probably just think something weird was going on and yeah. not really pay attention. Oh, no, their trailer broke or something. Yeah. yeah. How, how would they know if it's not connected to the ground? I wonder, too, like, what was the, uh, the rate at which certain psychedelic mushrooms were consumed? <laughs> I'm just kidding. I think that's where you and I very like differ a lot is that I'm always a little more like oh well maybe it was this or that or you're crazy and I think you're a little more uh, I want to believe I think you're the uh, box molder to my scully yeah (laughs) (laughs) hey you know I would love to do an episode about talking about prions and cattle mutilations and UFOs the connection between those that might be something we could do what uh, crustacean is that? Prions are like these protein, folded protein things that can be replicated and basically destroys your brain. So it, oh. bad cow disease, uh, Alzheimer's, or it's, it can be found in almost any animal. It's just a weird thing. And, and I'd heard some of this before when we did our podcast on cattle mutilations. But right. this, it, yeah. that's another story of something we should cover because it is a strange thing. You want to hear my another something we should cover? Yeah. Um, I have a good, 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 good friend. He lives in the east in Pennsylvania. Yeah. And uh, he just went on like some weird, crazy uh, paranormal investigation tour. And he's given me some intel about some of the nonsensical ghost mischief he's encountered. So... 
That so is cool. I think I think it'd be fun to have an episode where we talk with him and his experiences, uh, significant other, about their yeah. uh, experiences getting molested by various aliens and not so friendly ghosts, the various creatures. Yeah, that'd be great. You know, it is almost Halloween. We should do a Halloween special. Spooky. Scary. The fall is terrible because I've got my hunting trips and Halloween and Thanksgiving, plus both my boys are born in November. It's hard to get into a time where we can just sit back and knock out some podcasts, plus you're super busy, so. Yeah, we might have to do a few more of these online things. We'll get better at it, so hopefully that'll make it a little less painful. But I don't know, we'll see what we can salvage out of these episodes. Hopefully we don't have to do it all the time, but but hey, I'm thankful we get to hang out even virtually and, and try to talk about strange things. Yeah, it's uh, fun. I like <laughs> I this. was an awesome episode. I, you know, hearing this lady's story and, you yeah. know, hearing her conviction and her voice was, was pretty awesome. Yep. Even I though agree. I'm a little skeptical of everything, it seems like. I, I really do believe it. she seems to believe exactly what she saw. So whether that's government misinformation or something along those lines or whatever, it, it is still a compelling story where somebody saw something and had an actual experience with something we can't explain. I agree. Well, hey, I'm about ready to fall asleep because I'm tired. Right. I've been really busy. You got to get up and go to work. See how heavy my eyes are? I can't hardly keep them open. Yeah, you need to work out your eyelids. I got a good workout program for your eyelids. Anyway, guys, join us next time for my daddy not being so sleepy <laughs> and some cold drinks and some strange conversations. Sounds good. Tater. Taters. Taters. <laughs>